Luke chapter number 15 this morning. Luke chapter number 15. Brother Kurt preached out of Luke chapter 15 a few weeks ago on a uh, Sunday night, I believe. I couldn't tell you right off what all he read, but I know he dealt mainly with the um, the son that was there at the house. But uh, this morning, my heart is heavy on this prodigal son, and uh, I've I have preached a message before. I don't I couldn't tell you if I preached it here or not, but uh, we sing the same songs over and over again. So maybe I've preached it before, maybe I haven't. So if I have, just mark it down as I've preached it again. But uh, this morning I preach on this thought, the side effects of sin. And uh, Luke chapter 15, I want to read verse number... Uh, we're going to read the whole of this passage from verse number 11 down to verse number 24. I'm glad that, that our story doesn't end with the hog pen. Can somebody say amen right there? Now, this morning I'm not going to preach about the deliverance from the hog pen. I'm going to focus on the negative, and I need you all to hear me about that. I'm going to, but I want you to know this morning, though I may not mention the fact that the old boy got to go home, I need you to know that there's another part of this story. Amen. Hey, man, there's another part of this story uh, that you need to realize that you can be a part of this morning. So we're going to start reading in verse number 11. And a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's pray once again. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. 
God, we thank You, Lord, for the encouragement from the book of Psalms, from, Lord, Your men, Lord, that have wrote those Psalms, Lord, out of the depths of their hearts. God, we thank You, Lord, that in the spite of trouble or in spite of trouble, in, in the midst of our heartache, Lord, we can praise the name of God. And God, we're glad to report to You, Lord, not that You don't already know it, God, but we understand today that You are worthy of our praise. And God, we praise You today. We extol Thee. We bless Your name, God, for Your goodness and Your mercy. Now, God, we pray today that You would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, we ask You today that You'd give us a boldness, give us unction, give us utterance to preach the Word of God. God, we do ask You that You'd give us that boldness, but I pray that You'd give us compassion. God, we pray that Your Word will be preached. And I ask You, God, that that Word would not return void. God, I pray that You'd prick every heart in here this morning. I ask You that You'd touch every heart in a way that needs to be, Lord, for them individually. Lord, we pray that You'd help us, Lord, to grow from the message. I pray that You'd help us, Lord, to watch ourselves and to learn and to grow from this message today. We thank You and we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. So we preach today on this thought, the side effects of sin. The original message was the side effects of a sedative called sin. But uh, just for your sake, I shortened that because some of y'all take notes and I didn't want y'all to have to write all that. My heart this morning is heavily burdened about sin. Sin in general, I just, you, just, you, just, you turn on the television. We was watching, I think they were watching uh, uh, some sort of a singing show. We don't have regular TV. We have Roku TV. And probably the biggest commercials on there are, are medication commercials. And I don't know if y'all have that, but it's some of the wickedest commercials on there are medication commercials. And, uh, there's commercials for AIDS and for HIV. And, uh, they have sodomites on there and they have, uh, and, and everything that you can think of within that realm and they have them hugged and, Kissing and holding hands and everything else, and my stomach turns when I look at that. And, and they're trying to sell medication, but I got a 17-year-old boy and her boyfriend there. I got a 13-year-old uh, girl, and, and did I say boy? I'm sorry. A, a boy, I'm watching this. It's got me all confused. I got a 17-year-old girl, daughter here, and her boyfriend, and then I got a 13-year-old girl that's probably already watched it, and, and my heart is heavy based on the sin that's in this world. But then we, we look around and we see sin even creeping into our churches, into our families, where husbands and wives and, and our children and, and in the pul- I, li- I listen, in the pulpits and in the pews, sin is everywhere. But there is a side effect of sin and, and, and if we're not careful, we'll glaze over the fact and we'll think that sin is just outside and, and, and we know that sin is rampant. We know that it's everywhere we look. But do you realize today that sin is creeping? It is lingering just around the next corner. 
Do we as a, a church this morning realize uh, that sin and all of its power has torn people from church pews and placed them in the lap of another this morning? Do you understand this morning that sin, oh yes, it can just take you just one step away, uh, but it can take you miles and miles away uh, from the love of God. Uh, now understand this morning that God's love is far reaching. You'll never outrun the reach of God's love, but you will outrun the fellowship of God's love. You will outrun, you will outrun the blessings of God. You will outrun the fellowship of God's love. And, and we see that here. And before I ever get to the message, you understand that when this young boy left the father, he left the fellowship of the father. He left the, you don't read in this passage where the father ever said, hey boy, I just called him to check on you. You don't read anywhere where He said, hey, little brother, I want to check on you and see how you're feeling. You don't see that because he became a prodigal and he left. And because he left the father, because he left the house, because if if I could say it like this, because he left the clutches of God, you see that he was on his own. And there is a side effect of this sin. My heart today is not only to to warn those that may be here today that is dealing with sin, but also to warn those that maybe in their own spirit are dealing and maybe entertaining sin in their own heart. You can entertain sin sitting on the front pew. We got three sitting on the front pew here. We got a whole slew sitting on the back pew. Everywhere in between, you can entertain sin. As I mentioned before, in the pulpit or in the pew, sin can be entertained. If I were to ask this morning by an upraise of hand, if anyone thought they were perfect, if you were really right with God, you wouldn't raise your hand. If God's not, hey, if God's not chastising you, you're not one of His. So, separation. Number three, we see verse number 13. He wasted all of his substance. He wasted it on riotous living. Verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So, number three, there was squandering. Number three, there was squandering. He, He wasted it all. Not only selfishness, and as a result, not only comes separation, but now he's, he's wasted it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. And, and again, I, I try my best not to be super spiritual at any point. Boy, I know some super spiritual people, and they make me mad. <clears throat> they make me mad. And, and I try not to be that way. But if I'm being honest with you, I don't know that I've ever... I've been back, Brother David, I've been backslidden. And if I'm being painfully honest, I've been backslidden preaching behind the pulpit. I, I know y'all are like, what? <laughs> try it. Try it sometime. Try to preach for 30 years and not get backslid. Try to preach to a bunch of folks that need to be saved. We're just going to get off of that real quick. 
try to try to preach to a bunch of folks that need to get right with the Lord and them amen in you while you know they the very ones that need to be old me and not get backslid. So I, I've been backslidden before, but I, I honestly I, I think I think I can truly be honest and say I've never been a prodigal. I don't know that I've ever gotten this far away from my father. And that is but for the grace of God. Y'all hear me? That's, that's but the grace of God. There's been too many opportunities for me to go the other way. Been a whole heap of opportunities. And so I stand before you humbled, but thankful that I, that I haven't. But this, this young man, whatever his age is, in verse 13 and verse number 14, he squandered everything because of sin. The Word says that he wasted it or he spent it all. The old song says sin will take you farther than you want to go. In, in keeping with the, the, the point, sin will make you far more, pay far more than you want to pay. Alexander McLaren said this, All conduct which ignores God and asserts self as supreme is flagrantly against the very nature of man and is reckless waste. If you are pleasing yourself, you are displeasing God. If you are, I'll go another step further. If you are pleasing anything or anyone else, you are displeasing God. He, God, has to come first. He wasted it all. He, he wasted in verse uh, 13, he wasted his substance with riotous living. If I can believe some of the preachers that have gone before me, he raised, he wasted it with partyings. It says riotous. This is revelings. This is partyings. This is possibly with women. This is with maybe drink, maybe alcohol. This is with, this is with, you name it. If you can think of maybe just a, this is not righteous. This is riotous. This is partying. This is, this is just raunchy living. And that's his life. Think for a minute. You got you got godly mom and daddy. You got godly wife, a godly husband. What you got a godly church? Everything in your life is is godly, and you leave that for anything less than that. You know what you're doing? You are squandering the gift that is in you. You are squandering, you are wasting, you are wasting your substance with riotous living. Number four. It says that there, in verse 14, he says, and there, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So we see that there was selfishness, separation, squandering, and now we see starvation. 
I've seen this before. Now, I, I need to preface what I'm about to say. This gentleman, he was not out in sin. Okay, so don't, don't. I remember when I first moved down here, became pastor, brother John Dent, he, he, he wanted to stay gone for a period of time so that you and I could become acclimated to one another. And during that period of time, Brother John tried to go to other churches and, and tried to just, you know, give us time and tried to go. And we talk every week and he, I preachered, you find a church and he's like, bless God. He said, it's dry. And, and I'm telling you, if he, if he had a list, he would sound just like Milton Taylor. He said, it's, it's, it's dry here. He said, there ain't no God of 50 miles around here. He's like, he said, I miss that church. And I said, well, preacher, just come. I said, just don't worry about it. Just come on. Back. No, no, no. I'm gonna... And when he finally come back, I, I could almost in my mind's eye, I could see him there. And, boy, you couldn't have held him down for nothing. He'd get over there, especially his, his family, get up. He'd, he'd start clapping. He couldn't clap like a normal person. He'd do the gator chomp and he'd shout and, and if y'all wasn't shouting, he'd get up and shout for you. I'm telling you, boy, he was he had, he got filled up when he came that first Sunday. He'd been wait, he was dry. I've heard other people that have left this place, and they've moved away, or they've gone, or even left out, and they've gotten out in sin, and, and they've not been able to find a place, and they've out of their own mouth they've said there ain't no place. Well, what's happening is, especially for those that, that get out, that get out of God's will because of sin, there comes a starvation. There's a famine. There's scarcity. Food, sustenance is hard to find. Now, I know that, I know we've got a Bible and we can find preaching all, all over the internet and, and, and we can do Bible studies and, and we can pray, but there's something different about a good godly house of God where you can come and, and, uh, there's one of, one of our Bible, uh, Bible classes. <laughs> this preacher boy, he has wore us out and he's talking about getting in glory church and he said, I don't want no dead church. I want a glory church. And, and man, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I told Brother Kurt the other night, I said, you ever notice how many times he says glory church? And that phrase is just rolling on me. And, I, and I'm telling I want a glory church. I want to get in the glory. I want to get on a spot where the glory comes out. Nathan, I want a glory church. I want a church where the glory is. I want God to show His glory. And if you ever get out of where the glory is, man, something it, it ain't going to feel right. You're going to know there's something missing. You might be in a good church and they might sing good songs and the preacher might preach good, but if, if the glory of God is not front and center, you're going to know something's missing. You're going to feel that famine. I'm trying to hurry, but I ain't going to rush through this thing. We'll probably go to Captain D's or something other and they're going to be open all day long. It's a famine. You might think this, you might think you've got it all figured out. You might even be able to say that everything's going to work out just fine. But Job says in Job chapter number 20, verse number 4 and 5, Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment? 
I need y'all, y'all didn't respond to that, so you probably didn't hear me. He said, did you not know that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment? There's always a famine in the land of forgetfulness of God. And when the first gloss is off its enjoyments and one substance is spent, its pinch is felt. The unsatisfied hunger of heart, which dogs godless living, too often leads but to deeper degradation and closer entanglement with low satisfactions. Men madly plunge deeper into the mud in hopes of finding the pearl, which has thus far eluded their search, Mr. McLaren said. You see, when starvation comes because of sin, people don't try to get out, but they try to get further in. I've been pastoring now for 17 and a half years, a little over 17 years. November will be 30 years that I've been preaching. And do you realize, Brother Joe, that I have, I have heard this on more than I've got fingers and toes, how that when somebody gets out of church, how that you finally figure out why they got out of church and their explanation makes absolutely no sense and where they should have run was back to the church, but instead Instead, they ran further and further and further away. They thought they could fix it. They thought they could wrap it up neatly in a bow. They thought they could clean themselves up. They thought they could get, make it work again. But I want you to know today, the only place that you're going to find help, y'all listen to me quick, listen to me quick, listen to me quick. You're not going to find help at Lighthouse Baptist Church. But you will find help at the altar of God. You will find help at the cross. You will find help in the Word of God. You will find help in the preaching of God's Word. You will find help at the foot of Christ. It might be this church or the church down the road. But I promise you, if you'll find a place that are preaching the Word of God, you can find help. There's starvation. Alexander McLaren said, there's always a famine in the land of forgetfulness of God. If you're Listen, if you're selfish, you will forget God. See, it went back all the way to selfishness. You got number five, verse number 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him, this citizen sent him, this young man, into his fields to feed the swine. So number five, they're serving, serving sin. It says that he joined and then he was sent. He joined this citizen. McLaren said, A miserable thing that this young fool had made of his venture, having spent his capital capital, and now being forced to become a slave and being set to nothing better than to feed swine. At this point, he could have, he could have easily, Brother Buster, he could have easily went home. But I feel like it was pride that had settled into his heart. And he could not turn back now. 
Well, I know everybody back home knows that I've left. By now they've heard that this famine has come. I know everybody's talking. Everybody knows what I've done. I ain't about to go back now. I'm going to make it work. Come hell or high water, I'm going to make it work. I'm a grown man. I'm going to do this by myself. What he's saying. So what did he do? He humbled himself. He became a citizen of that country, of this man, and this man sent him to feed swine. He planned to stay a while. He joined himself. Sin will make you stay longer than you want to stay. Again, McLaren said, the godless world is a hard master and has a very odious task for its bondsmen. He's feeding swine. The unclean animals are fit companion for one who made himself lower than they, since filth is natural to them and shameful for him. They are better off than he is, for husks do nourish them. And they get their fill, but he who has sunk to longing for the swine's food cannot even get that. Notice the Bible says that he would have, he would fain have filled his belly. It did not say that he did. The word fain says he, the, the word fain means gladly. He would have fain. And I've always, Brother Jody, I've always said he would have gladly. I don't know what he was eating. I don't know if he was eating at all. But I know if he could have gotten a hold of some of those husks, he would have. But McLaren makes a point that he was not even eating what they were. He was not even being satisfied by what was fed to the hogs. He said the dark picture is only too often verified in the experience of godless men. He became a servant to sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 34, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. I've said this before, and you've heard smarter men than I. When you see that ETH, it is a continuance. It is a it, almost a perpetual. He said, Whoso committeth sin. If he would have said, if... Whoso commits sin, that would have been a little bit different. But he said, whoso committeth sin is the servant of sin. If he would have said, whoso commits sin, that may be a, a one and done. Okay? But Brother David, when he said committeth sin, that means that he, he set up camp. He's going to continue to do this. He's living in sin. And he says when he does that, he is a servant of sin. He is serving sin. He's every day, he's clocking in to sin. He's become a bondsman to sin. This is contrary to the saved man. In Romans chapter number 6, verse number 6, Paul says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. If you're saved today, the Bible says that our old man is crucified with Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So as a Christian, we should not be the servant of sin. 
So when we tie verse number 6 of Romans chapter number 6, as a Christian, we should not be the servant of sin. With John chapter number 8, verse number 34, that if you continually sin, you became a servant of sin. Then that tells us that we that continually serve sin are not a true believer. And that leads us to Hebrews chapter number 12, that we are bastards and not sons. Let's come with a song of invitation this morning. There's too many people today that are continuing in sin. And as I mentioned before, they're holding on to that profession of faith. But God is very clear in his word that his people do not continue in sin. I need you to listen to me closely. He does not say that God's people do not sin. And I'm glad that it does I think everybody in here would agree that God's people do sin. For this day's out, I know I'll probably sin. I know I, know I will. Ain't no probably to it. I will. But the caveat, Hunter, is that continual sin. Here, here, here's another little, little thing. Those people that find pleasure in that sin... Those people that find pleasure in the sin that has drawn them away from the Father's house, from that which is holy. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 7 and 8. I just read you verse number 8, but listen to what verse number 7 says. He says, if ye endure, if ye endure chastening, God God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father Chasteneth not. I got two girls. They've been chastened. They are my children. When they do wrong, when I give them clear instructions and they do wrong, whether that is to do something and they don't do it, or when I tell them not to do something and they do it, there is a chastening there. You that have children, you set up the same guidelines. There are do's and don'ts. And when those things are broken, then you chasten them. That's, that's the way it is. If you truly love them, that's the way that it is. If they are your children, that's the way it is. Jody, you just had a young man. He is not your son. If I know Benny at all, before he leaves the premises today, he's probably going to do something he shouldn't do. But you can't grab him and take your belt off and whoop him. You might want to. And you might. (laughs) But by normal expectations, because he is not your son, there's no chasing him. And God says, if you, if you endure chastening as sons, He says, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Well, verse number 8 answers that. He says, if you be without chastisement, if you are in sin, 
And God is not telling you that it's wrong. If you are in sin, you're living in sin, and God is not, hey, God is not correcting you. He says, then ye are bastards and not sons. If you're living in, I'm not talking about that you have committed a sin. Like you, oh, oh, you stumbled and, and, and now you need to confess that sin. I'm talking about it has been weeks, it has been months, it has been years, and you're living in this sin and you think you're okay and you think everybody else is wrong. Let's go back to point number one. Selfishness. You found yourself in Luke chapter number 15. You've left all that is holy. The Scripture says, if you're not being chastened, you're not God's Son. Now, Brother David, you've been, you've been in church longer than I have. You've been saved longer than I have. And I'm sure you've heard the, the prodigal preached as he was backslidden and as he was lost. I, I'm sure. Probably everybody has. I've preached in both ways. It just depends on the application. And I said I wasn't going to preach this. But I want want to give you some hope this morning. (laughs) I want to give you some hope this morning. Maybe God spoke to you today and maybe you've come to that realization that, that you are not one of God's. Or maybe you've come to the realization that you are one of God's and God has been chastening you and you've been running from God and you need to get it right with God. I want you to know that verse number 17 pretty much says it all. He came to Himself. And if you can come to yourself, then you will begin to ask some of these questions. But asking questions is not not the crux of this whole thing. He says, in verse number 18, He says, I will arise. But verse number 20 is where it is. And... He arose and came to his father. Maybe this morning you need to come to the father. And you need to get some things settled with God. It might be a young person. It might be an old person. It might be a man. It might be a woman. It matters not to me. But I promise you today. If God's chastening you, no matter who it is, God's got this message for you, for this moment, for this day, and I wouldn't put it off until tomorrow. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we pray now that you'd help us. Lord, I'm about to bow at this altar myself. And God, I pray if it's Your will, God, that someone meet me down here, I ask you, God, that You'd let them meet. Father, we pray that You'd help us, Lord, to have a humble spirit. God, I ask You today that You'd help us have a contrite spirit. Lord, if You've dealt with hearts, God, would You draw them to You? God, if You've broken someone, God, I pray, Lord, that they'd come, Lord, down to the potter, Lord, let You, Lord, fix them up, Lord, correct all the, all the cracks, Lord, all, everything that needs to be done. Lord, if you've spoken to somebody's heart today, Father, I pray that you'll, you, you draw them. Lord, please don't let them pass by another day. 
Lord, without talking to you, without getting things right. Lord, don't let another day go by as a prodigal. But God, I beg you, God, that you touch. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.